following is a presentation of Main Street Preps, your source for high school sports in Middle Tennessee. In this episode of the Sumner County All Sports Podcast, it's going to be all about the soccer pitch today as we talk about the district tournament action as well as region action featuring Hendersonville, Station Camp, Beach, Gallatin, Merrill Hyde, and more. Of course, a little football action as well. So stick around and stay tuned to hear what I've got to say about all of Sumner County sports. This is the Sumner County Sports Podcast, covering high school sports in Sumner County. Here's your host, Zach Womble. Welcome into another edition of the Sumner County All Sports Show with your host, Zach Womble. I believe this is episode four for me on the All Sports Podcast. And it's been a ton of fun. I've had a, I've had a good time uh, highlighting these other athletes outside of football. Of course, you can if you want to get your football fix, you can head on over to uh, MainStreetPreps.com. Check out Coach Speak with Brady McAtamney and myself, where we talk about all things Sumner and Montgomery County football. But in this podcast specifically, we like to feature the other sports in the county, uh, and none bigger going on right now than the game of soccer. Uh, Last week, we wrapped up our district tournament action with Hendersonville, Beach, Station Camp, and Gallatin. Of course, it was the two teams who you thought would move on to the district tournament championship in Station Camp and Hendersonville. And it was the Hendersonville, t- or excuse me, the Station Camp team that walked away with a convincing 6-1 to one victory over the Lady Commandos. A little bit surprising in the fact that they only played one time during the regular season, which was a 1-1 draw at Field of Dreams at Drake's Creek Park a game where Hendersonville jumped out to a one nothing lead, and then Station Camp was able to score a late goal on a free kick just outside of the box to tie that match in that regular season uh, matchup, which allowed you know some tiebreakers to, to take place and then allowed Station Camp to ultimately get the first-place seed as Hendersonville lost to Beach um, toward the end of the regular season. That said, they moved on. Both Hendersonville and Station Camp moved on to face um, – I don't really know how to put this, but, you know, competition that maybe they're a little bit better than. Uh, so there wasn't there wasn't a lot to uh, a lot left to be desired. I, I guess you you could say in their in their Tuesday matchups on the road at Antioch and against McGavick Hendersonville, of course, traveling to Antioch and Station Camp hosting McGavick. Um, these two teams will meet again on Thursday for the region tournament championship. Both teams will move on to the sectional round, which will be played this coming Saturday, probably about 7 o'clock. That's usually um, when games are played in the past. I know previous seasons because, you know, there's great soccer played here in Sumner County. So this is this time of the year is nothing new for me, my planning, or these teams. So I'm just going to go out on a limb and say that they're, they're going to be like previous years and they're going to play a Williamson County product, whoever that may be, uh, at 7 o'clock on Saturday, October 23rd, it looks like that date is. Before we – dive into this breakdown, I want to first introduce both Hendersonville and Station Camp's coach to the podcast. They joined me after their convincing victories over Beach and Gallatin in the District 10-3A semifinal round, talking about advancing to the district championship and what it means as they approach the final leg of their season. So first up, we're going to drop in Station Camp head coach Jeremy Cook. And then later on will be Hendersonville head coach Devin Woodard. Station camp with a convincing 8-0 victory over Beach in the first round of the District 9-3A tournament. Coach, congratulations first off on the win. Uh, thank you. Definitely 
happy for them and everything else, but it's a tale of two halves for this game. You're down or you're up one nothing at halftime, and then you come back and score seven more goals in the second half. It's it's good to see them be able to bounce back in that instead of being down. But yeah, so I'm proud of them. Three goals each for both Aiden Wood and Emory Springs. You know, uh, superlatives will come out here here soon. But just can you talk about how special they are? Uh, obviously, Aiden only being a freshman, and Emory uh, being so talented up top. Yeah, Aiden, Emory, and L. You know, our three-headed monster up top, but they both are outstanding. And, you know, it's really nice that one's a freshman, one's a sophomore. So you've got two and three years left with both of them, and even L comes back next year. So it's just fun to watch them play, especially being that young. They're, they're very mature for their age. Does this first half um, – is this a is this first half – first half a good teaching tool to let you know that whoever you play on Thursday it doesn't matter what happened in the first first game or, or whatever happened before that game oh yeah it, <laughs> anytime we play Hendersonville you know how it is we'll be ready but it, and it doesn't matter if we're the worst team they're the worst team we're the best team they're the best team it's going to be a good game so the girls are going to be prepared for it and hopefully they'll come out with a little more intensity and right from the beginning and hopefully we can score goals early and that'll give us some, a lot of uh, confidence moving forward Headed back to the region tournament, Station Camp Bison with an eight nothing victory over Beach High School. Gonna get Station Camp obviously part two for this year. Um, you know, it's I don't think anything needs to be said. I mean, you can tell the rivalry is intense between the between the two schools. I guess my question for you is, how do you keep that positive? How do you I guess how do you keep them from I guess going too far on the spectrum of wanting to play a certain school? Um, I mean, a rivalry game is always a rivalry game. It doesn't matter if it's Galton, if it's Beach, if it's Station Camp. Um, they've got to be excited. You know, but again, we tell them it's a big game. It's, you know, it's a district championship. It's a rival, but it's just a game. You know, it's just another game on the schedule. You know, we move on um, regardless, you know, but again, you go, take care of business and do the best we can. So, you know, it's a very tradition rich program here at Hendersville, something you're very well aware aware of. Um, You know, here you are back in the regions. Um, You know, I know you get Antioch and, whoever the other metro school is in the region. So, you know, a good chance to get back to sectionals. Uh, can you take this these seasons for granted? Absolutely not. No, you can't take any of it for granted. That's stuff we tell them every day. Um, we, you know, we, we struggled some throughout the year, and I think, you know, the girls are glad to be where we are and, and to get back here, and you, you can't ever take it for granted. Yeah. Never. Uh, you know, anytime the, the clock starts ticking down on a season, it, it's tough because you get, as a coach, you – or a player, you go through, you know, you go through your season, you go through your moments, and and you get ready to say goodbye to your senior class for one final time. Uh, this crew has been through their ups and downs. They have been through their fair share of victories, their fair share of defeats. Uh, I'm curious, you know, what have they given you this year as a terms of leadership, and 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 how will you remember this class? Well, their their legacy is uh, honestly the greatest that you could have at Beach High School. There's there are players at Beach that can claim to have been to a, a state title or a, a state championship game. There's te- players that can claim they've been to a state tournament. There's players that can claim that they've won a state title. And then there's players that have, can claim a win over Hendersonville. There's only eight players that can claim a state title and a win over Hendersonville in their high, in their career at Beach High School. I'm I'm here to tell you that that's that's a legacy that is is the greatest in beach soccer history you know that class has seen us at our at our highest point and lifted us to you know when we go back into AAA and have to go back into the, the kind of the battleground and has helped the younger players behind them grow in, and develop into uh you know a really good soccer program 
Um, as, as you had talked about before, the first thing we have to do is be relevant. Well, that they did a lot to help make us relevant. And the fact that uh, tonight there was times that we're playing uh, eight, nine uh, freshmen and sophomores that are battle seasoned because of the leadership they got from the senior class. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm really sad to see them go, but I'm also happy that they're – Honestly, their legacy from Beach High School soccer standpoint is secure. It's unmatched. Joining us next on the show is Gallison head coach Craig Harper following their loss in the district tournament semifinals. Coach, uh, you know, anytime you, you watch your clock tick down and, and you realize it's the end of your season, you kind of start to reflect and, and you think about the senior class and sure. so much you guys have been through. They have set the precedent for Green, Lady Greenwave soccer for years to come. I mean, part of two of the greatest – seasons in, in school history I guess what is their legacy and what do they leave behind for you well I mean all four of them Riley Watson Maddie T Ashanti Chumley Barbie Martinez I mean you know they had to sit and watch the senior class from last year that were juniors a year before uh, and you know they did a great job of leadership this year they did all the little things we asked them to do whether they started or got, you know, minutes or no minutes. I mean, they kept a great attitude, made the group really close. I mean, it's a really close group. And, then, yeah, it's no fun at all. I mean, the last two years we've been very fortunate to go on to sectionals. And this year, you know, we knew it was going to be somewhat of a rebuilding process, but uh, really pleased with all the underclassmen. Looking, I'm already looking forward to next year. If we're going to miss these seniors with just their – you know, not just on the field play. They're great girls, great grades. They just represent Galton High School the way it should be. Uh, but, you know, uh, yeah, I mean, it's no fun watching the clock roll down, especially when, you know, I thought they, I thought we played, tried to execute the game plan. I thought we played extremely hard. Give hats off to Hendersonville. I mean, they are, you know, a really good team. Uh, and she's got a bunch of seniors this year. And, you know, you just know how it is when you, you know, got four or five freshmen starting. It's a tough road, and uh, I, I mean, the girls battled tonight. I didn't think there was any step. You know, we didn't step back. We kept going and trying to do things we we're going to do. And thought we got unlucky not to get a couple goals to keep it close there early. And you know, all of a sudden it winds up four nothing. You're battling uphill second half, and but we didn't quit. So I mean, a lot to be said about this great uh, underclassman we got. And I mean, I'm already looking forward to next year. So. Uh, you know, good luck to both teams going on. I'm sure they'll represent us well. Uh, you know, I can't ask more from these girls. I mean, I thought they gave it all they had tonight and gave it a great effort. Congratulations to Hendersonville and Station Camp for reaching this point. Um, you know, shout out to Gallatin and Beach for for their for their seasons, their their hard-earned play in the district tournament semifinals. Just just outmatched against Station Camp and Hendersonville. We'll actually catch up with Beach head coach John Ferguson and Gallatin head coach. Greg Harper here in a little bit as they talk about their seniors and just kind of this season as a whole. So wrapping up District 10 AAA, we've got uh, District Champion Station Camp playing uh, District Runner-Up Hendersonville in the Region 5 Championship game on Thursday. One other quick thing before I let you go, almost forgot about, let's go ahead and name our superlatives. Uh, L. Williams from Station Camp was named overall District MVP this year. Freshman Aiden Wood from Station Camp earned Offensive MVP. District MVP went to Hendersonville's Hannah Clark. 
goalkeeper of the year went to station camps, Lyndon Perry, and coach of the year went to station camps, Jeremy Cook. So congratulations to all those who were uh, named to the all-district team who earned superlatives and district tournament champions station camp. I guess we'll find out if they are going to lose the region championship, if Hendersonville is going to come back with a little bit of juice on Thursday, or if it is station camp's region to claim. Jumping into um, an even easier district slash region is the Merrill Hyde Lady Hawks. Listen, I mean, they played Watertown last night in the region semifinals, and it was a 10-0 final in favor of Merrill Hyde. What steps does this team need to make, need to continue to take as we move into the region championship, obviously, and into the sectional to give yourself a chance to get to Chattanooga? Well, I think I think the main thing is that we, we just have to keep playing our brand of soccer, you know, keep possessing it. Uh, you know, keep using width and depth on the field, uh, spreading people out. And, you know, we, we are getting healthy. We're healthier than we've been all season. Uh, you know, getting some girls with their legs back under them, you know, some more touches on the ball. You know, those are, those are the main things that we're focused on right now. 85 goals scored before tonight, so 95 after tonight. 10 goals given up. Are you worried? You haven't surrendered a goal since September 22nd, I believe, against Hume Fogg. I'm looking at max. These are off max preps. Okay. Um, good, good numbers there. Uh, <laughs> I kind of feel like well, Are you concerned at all about your defense not being tested or your midfield being tested or your goalkeeper being tested? Uh, no. You know, uh, the health of our back line has is, is gotten better. Um, and, and some of that, some of the reasons behind that is because our backs, our defense is solid. Um, you know, they're a large reason why, you know, there are no goals scored. Um, so it's not just, you know, uh, you know, generating the possessions, generating the scoring opportunities. They're helping generate those for us. So, um, you know, they're they're a big part of what we're doing. Obviously, there's no secret. You've had a ton of success here the last several years. So I'm wondering if you compare teams, past teams' mentality to this year's mentality, where you are in the season, how do, how do they compare? Um. You know, it, it, it's very, very similar. Um, you know, the goal is, you know, get to state. You know, that that's where the bar is. Right. And they know the mindset that you have to have and the work that you have to put in. And, you know, that's that's just being handed off year after year. Um, yeah. And so the foundation's been set. The culture's been set. Um you know, it's just a matter of continuing to put in the work and put in, have the effort and have the commitment. How do you, how do the girls, how do you deal with the pressure that comes with being a program that's state tournament or bust? Uh, you, you just take it, you just have to take it one game at a time. You know, um, you, you can't continue, you can't look ahead and look past anybody. You just take it a game at a time, you know, a week at a time and, you know, continue to do what you need to do to progress, and and the rest of it will take care of itself. You think that's something they've learned over these last several years? Yes, I definitely do. Yeah, and it, it feels like there's no greater experience than being in that big moment in that state championship, right? And I think you know, having been there, you know, it they it's really calm, given a sense more of calm and how they play and how they approach things because they know what they're doing works. Yeah. Uh, they've been able to see. Uh, you know, some success off of what they've been doing on a daily basis. And so, uh, you know, in a lot of ways, it just it, it just has built confidence for them. Yeah. 
What last question I'll ask you: the senior class. You know, it's always important to have a couple seniors or however many it is you got on your team. I have to look at it, but uh, just lead you through the season three. Just lead you through the, just the ups and the downs of the season. How would you categorize? How would you assess their ability just to do that? You know, we've got we've got three really good seniors. You know, Karina Steiner's been with the program for five years, yeah. um, so she's very familiar with with what we do. Uh, Julia Lewis and Carly Zedegren, you know, two senior captains, um, both of them phenomenal players in their own right. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and they've provided great leadership this year. I mean, they really just picked up where the seniors and the leaders from last year left off and have really taken the reins and, and led this team in a, in a really good way. More questions, actually. Is there anything that the seniors do with the junior class that helps that transition from being a junior to the senior? Because it seems like every year you're able to say these great things about your senior class and their leadership. Is it something they pick up from the year prior? Well, I think, um, you know, generally we always have at least one junior captain, you know, to go along with the seniors. So you've got some built-in leadership already established there. Um, But, you know, the girls in and of themselves, they do a lot of things you know, outside of soccer, you know, they, they have camp outs and they go to movies and they, they do a lot of stuff on their own, uh, which just creates the atmosphere of wanting to play for each other. Um, you know, I think each senior captain, you know, they, I mean, one, you got to have the basic, you know, qualities for leadership, but I think they pick up on things that they really like from captains that they've been around before. And then I think they pick up on some things that, you know, my senior year I might want to try this and do this a little bit different too. And so it keeps it unique and they're able to make it their own. Last question, why why can this year's team be different from past year's team in the sense of actually bringing home the gold trophy? Keep keep pounding the rock, eventually it's going to break, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, we, we've been close. Uh, we've been close twice. And – uh, you know, this team has got has got the ability to do it. Um, you know, we just have to we, – we've just got to continue to do the things that we need to do to put ourselves in position to do it, and eventually, you know, hopefully it will happen for us. Watertown spent more time on the bus commuting to Merrill High than they did on the soccer pitch Tuesday night as the 60-minute drive from Watertown High School uh, definitely <laughs> is larger than the 40-minute halves that they play. According to TWSWA rules, Mercy rules, you have to play until the second half, so you have to play 40 minutes. But then once you get to the second half, if you're up by nine goals, the game ends. So they actually scored their ninth goal, I believe, with two or three minutes left until the half. So they had to finish actually finish out that half. That's why you got a 10-0 final. Um, they're going to make the trip to Smith County on Thursday to play for the Region 4 Championship. Smith County, a 6-2 winner over Independence Academy. Independence Academy is who... Merrill Hyde beat 9-0 in their district tournament championship. So, again, listen, single-A soccer, there's about four to six teams every year that are good and probably two to three teams that could, in reality, win it all. Merrill Hyde is one of those programs that can win it all. So, you know, getting through this part of their season, they just got to do exactly that, get through it, because they're going to be favored in every match that they play, except for this, you know, they'll even be favored in the sectional match, probably going to be Cascade. It may be Chattanooga School of the Arts and Sciences, who would be a tougher matchup, but still, they, you know, Merrill Hyde is easily one of the top three teams in this state, and uh, I expect them to get back to the state tournament for uh, a fifth year in a row this year in Chattanooga, so it's a little bit different. I talked to Jason Bentley 
who is excited about possibly getting that opportunity to play at the Baylors of the world or the GPSs of the world, and they get a chance to hopefully play the, the, the championship in the Red Wolves Stadium, which is a professional stadium. Nothing wrong with Richard Siegel Park in Murfreesboro, but many, many coaches will tell you that the eight, nine, ten fields that you have together almost feels like club season, not state tournament season. So um, just not a great feel around Richard Siegel Park. Sounds like they're going to get a better feel in Chattanooga. And and nothing wrong with the stadium at, at Richard Siegel Park, but, you know, it's not it's not a professional stadium. Let's just say that. So, uh, listen, Merrill Hyde, great, great season for them so far. I believe they're 14-1-1 on the year. <laughs> listen to these stats. So they have scored 95 goals this season. Guess how many they've surrendered? They've surrendered 10. Okay, they haven't been scored upon since their one-to-one tie against West Creek back on September 22nd. So, you know, it's been four games. They haven't been scored on. They've only given up 10 goals all season. Uh, I asked Jason Bentley if he was worried at all about his defense, his midfield, his goalkeepers getting literally no action for what seems like the whole second half of the season. He wasn't concerned. He 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 turned it into a positive, saying. The reason why the defense isn't tested is because they are that good. The midfield is that good, and the defense contributes to their offensive production. So um, you can check out that story actually on MainStreetPreps.com. Westmore, or excuse me, Merrill Hyde blanking Watertown, advancing to the Region 4A championship game. Uh, like I said, you know they're going to host either Cascade or Chattanooga School of Arts and Sciences this Saturday, October 23rd, in the Class A sectional round. They should win that game. Listen, nothing is guaranteed. That's that's why they play the games. But, you know, they should win that game. You can't see me, but I'm shaking my head as if, like, it's almost a guarantee um, and, and get to the state tournament. So that's going to be – if it does happen, that's going to be a, a fun opportunity to go down to Chattanooga, whether that be Merrill Hyde that makes it, whether that be Hendersonville that makes it, or Station Camp that makes it. I, I hope I hope one at least one of our teams uh, – is able to get down there because I'd like to go personally. I, I think that'd be a lot of fun uh, to go cover the state championship in Chattanooga at in, you know professional stadium. So um, once again, shout out to Merrill Hyde, shout out to Hendersonville and Station Camp for playing for their respective region championships on Thursday. And uh, yeah, I'll be at I'll be at Station Camp for their matchup against Hendersonville. And like I said, Merrill Hyde will make the trip to to Smith County. So uh, very much looking forward to, to Thursday night. Let's close out the show today with a little volleyball talk. Um, Station Camp hosted Ravenwood in the Class 3A semifinal round last week where they ultimately fell short 3-1 to one to the Lady Raptors who are currently trying to make their run through Murfreesboro as we speak. Um, listen, it's always tough to lose in that round, uh, but nevertheless, what Station Camp has, was able to accomplish this year after losing such great production last year is pretty remarkable. What they've done over the last six years is unbelievable. I mean, nearly 60 matches won consecutively in the district and region is, is, is almost unheard of. So um, definitely shout out to them for what they were able to accomplish this season, uh, what they've been able to accomplish over this, over, like I said, over this run since 2016, um, so five years, not six years. That's you know I got the 2016 and six mixed up. But since 2016, over the five year stretch, what they've been able to accomplish is remarkable. So I uh, just wanted to give a quick shout out to Station Camp and just what they were able to to do this year. So actually, I want to wrap up the show with a little playoff football talk. I don't know if we're going to get enough time in the Coach Speak podcast to break this down, but I think as we enter Week Ten. 
of the regular season, there's going to be some people asking, hey, what are these matchups? And while nothing is concrete, nothing is set in stone, I would like to give you some teams to maybe keep an eye out for in your region and maybe a little bit of projection by me. So we're going to start in Class 6A, Region 5. That's the Hendersonville, Beach, Clarksville, and Gallatin region. I'm going to go ahead and assume that Clarksville is going to beat Gallatin in their final week of the season. I may change my mind come next week, but for this segment, we'll say Clarksville takes the three seed, Gallatin takes the four seed. Who do they match up with, you ask? Well, the great thing about Region 5-6A this year is you no longer have to match up with Murfreesboro in your first round. So you don't have to worry about the Riverdales or the Blackmans or the Oaklands of the world coming in the first round. Um, instead, you get a, a much favorable matchup this year with the likes of Cane uh, Ridge, McGavick, John Overton, and Smyrna. Okay, like I said, standings are not set in stone. There's, there's still two weeks to be played, a lot of very key matchups in those two weeks to be played. Well, let's go ahead and do a little projection. I've got Hendersonville facing McGavick. I've got Beach facing Overton. I've got Clarksville facing Smyrna. And I've got Gallatin facing Cane Ridge. Of course, Clarksville and Gallatin would be on the road. Of those four meeting in the quarterfinal round, I think you're going to see Hendersonville versus Beach, part two. And I think Hendersonville wins again over Beach to face up with Summit in the Class 6A semifinal round where I think Summit ultimately gets the victory. But, hey, if that happens, Summit has to come to Hendersonville. So, in theory, if Beach meets Hendersonville in the quarterfinal round, the Commandos or the Bucks would not have to leave the city of Hendersonville until they have to go to, to Chattanooga for the state championship game. So, that's as good of a situation as you can ask for at this point. I mean, not only do you avoid Rutherford County in, in Class 6A, but you get to be at home through the first four rounds of the playoffs. I'm not sure there's, you can ask for much more. Uh, so I'm, I'm excited to see how, how that region shakes up. Moving on quickly to Region 7-5A, you've got the likes of Springfield, Henry County, Kenwood, and Portland. I've gone ahead and projected that Portland is going to lose their final two games of the season to Springfield and Henry County, dropping them to the four seed, and ultimately meaning they're going to have to make the trip all the way to Memphis Central High School, where they are 8-0 for the first time, I believe, since 1990 when they started the season 9-1. Shout out Donovan Stewart for his By the Numbers column. You can check that out on MainStreetPreps.com. But nevertheless, Portland on the road at Memphis Central and or Munford. I just don't see how that goes well for Portland. I really don't see how it goes well for this region outside of Springfield. Um, but matching up with this region outside of that, you've got the likes of Green Hill, Mount Juliet, Page, Station Camp in the quarter. So, And then you you would face a, a team like Powell in the semifinals. I don't really know a whole lot about Powell other than the fact that they've got the number one player in the country um, on their team at defensive tackle. So – Probably not going to be an easy matchup if you're any of the Sumner County schools. Moving on to Region 6-5A. Like I said, you've got Station Camp, Gallatin, Mount Juliet, Wilson Central. Go ahead and uh, knock that out of there. We'll... Looking at Region 6-3A, you've got 7-1 White House, Fairview, Waverly, and White House Heritage. I've gone ahead and projected Waverly and Fairview to be the 3-2 seed in that matchup, and um, they are going to match up with the likes of, of – of, um, East Nashville is really their biggest threat in the quarterfinals for all those teams. Um, and then once you get past that, then you get into the Dyersburgs of the worlds, the Covingtons of the worlds, who are typically really good programs. But even if you get through that, sorry, White House, but you're not taking down Alcoa. They just hand out gold footballs at that point 
for that for that school in Class 3A. You know, I made the assumption, or I mean, I made the tweet last year, like, why would Alcoa ever leave 3A? It's free gold footballs. I mean, seriously, what they were able to do in East Tennessee with Gary Rankin is unbelievable. <laughs> I mean, you listen, he, he created a winning program at Riverdale. He's carried that over to Alcoa. And uh, listen, if White House or Fairview or Waverly or any of those teams, East Nashville, that we cover make it to make it to state, I'm sorry, but there's just no chance they stand against Alcoa. I hate to say it, but that's probably as sure of a bet as there is in high school football to, to bring home the state championship. Spoiler alert, because I think Summit is going to take down Oakland in the state championship game for 6A. But I digress. Looking at Region 4, 2A, you've got the Trousdale Counties, Watertowns, East Robertson, and Westmoreland's of the world. Um, listen, when Westmoreland dropped their two games to Trousdale County and Watertown, that pretty much set up a trip to Marion County, and Marion County is a very good football program. So I think Westmoreland's season is going to come to a close in the first round. But that said, this region actually got a tough matchup. See, last year I was able to cover Trousdale County versus Meigs County uh, for Main Street Preps in the 2A semifinals. But this year, this region is actually going to match up with the Meigs County region in the quarterfinal rounds. So, you know, I don't know if this region can get through the semifinals because Meigs County is is typically a really good football program year in and year out. Uh, but, hey, Trousdale County has, I believe, 13 state championships for a reason. I mean, they're, they are as storied of a program as there is in the state of Tennessee. So if anyone can make it out of this region, you like to think that Trousdale County could possibly do that. And then finally, looking at our Division II 3A bracket for Pope John Paul II, I think they're going to get either the four or five seed. Um, and so they're going to match up with either MUS, Memphis University School, uh, Brentwood Academy, who is in the west side of the region for Division II, or St. Benedict. And if you get through one of those three games, then you're really testing yourself because you've got Macaulay, Briarcrest, and possibly Innsworth, three very good football programs. But, hey, listen, I told everybody before the season started, Pope John Paul II would make it to the semifinal round in Division II 3A, and I am not backing down from that statement at all, especially, especially after they weathered the storm last week, beating Knox Catholic on the road 36 to 33 after, you know, giving up, I believe it was 20 some odd unanswered points. You could check that story out on mainstreetpreps.com. Look at that first quote that Justin Geisinger gave me. You could feel the energy in the stadium shifting to Knox Catholic and for his team to just absorb that, punch back, come back, get a touchdown to tie it up, and then get the ball back as Andrew Southard nailed a 47-yard field goal that probably would have been good from 60 to get the wind is nothing to overlook. So I'm still sticking with my Pope John Paul II Knights in the D2-3A semifinal round. So all of that is a quick wrap-up, a quick summary of what we can expect for the road to Chattanooga this year as all of our Sumner County teams get ready to make the push for the playoffs. And that will do it for this episode of the Sumner County All Sports Podcast. It's been a lot of soccer talk, a little volleyball talk, and some football talk sprinkled in. If you want to get your more football fix, like I said, don't forget to check out mine and Brady McAtammy's podcast, Coach Speak, where we catch up with Montgomery County and Sumner County coaches every week to talk about football and just everything that that uh, that surrounds Sumner County and Montgomery County. So I hope you've enjoyed today's podcast and. Uh, I'll catch you on the sideline. You've been listening to the Sumner County Sports Podcast. 
covering high school sports in Sumner County with your host, Zach Womble. For more on high school sports in Middle Tennessee, visit MainStreetPreps.com.